Hello and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. I'm Ali Silva and as always, I'm joined by my amazing co-hosts, Keely Silva and Georgia Moore. And today we're bringing you one of our halftime huddle chats and this one is pretty powerful. If you're new around here, our halftime huddles are deeper dive conversations that we have with some of our favourite Aussie athletes and sports insiders. This chat is an inspiring young man by the name of Finne Kula, who's actually a good friend and a colleague of Keely's at the Cronulla Sharks. So Keely, I actually wanted to ask you, why don't you share with us why you wanted to have this chat with Finne today? I mean, now Georgia and I have heard from him, we can see very much why. Um, but what impact has he also had on, had on you since you met? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a no-brainer for me. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet Finne um, at the start of this year and... Not only is he just an amazing person in general and just like, it sounds cliche, but a shining light to be around. Yeah, he has an amazing story, which you'll hear. And yeah, the impact he's had on me, um, I think it's just a good change of perspective. Sometimes you need that reminder. And for him, yeah, it was it's more than a daily reminder now. It's kind of always in the forefront of my brain. So hope you enjoy. Well, to kick us off, I, I reckon Keely wants to be the one who drives a lot of this conversation because she does know you, Finney. But we yeah. we start every one of our conversations like this with a round of Fast Five, and Keely is the oh. Fast Five queen, so she's got a few questions to warm you up. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah, sweet. It's never really that fast, but it's all right. Okay. <laughs> all right. First of all, do you put your sauce in the fridge or the cupboard? Cupboard. Yes. Good man. Yes. I knew you were good. Tick. <laughs> um, do you have a favourite superhero? Spider-Man. Oh. Another same. Tick. Yes, Spider-Man. let's go. You're um, my favourite so far. <laughs> um, Netflix recommendation. You been watching anything? Oh, uh, Lupin. Lupin's a good one. Oh, oh what's ah. that about? Um, you have to watch it, but it's, it's about uh, um, he's like a master thief. Like, he steals a lot of um, stuff. Yeah, cool. Steal shit. I'm about it. I'm about it. It's a pretty good one. (laughs) Pump up song. And I know you have a good playlist, so you have to give me a good one. Oh, that's hard. I've got a lot of pump up songs. Oh, you can give us, like, three if you want. (laughs) Oh, um, the Nolan Sisters, ABBA. Yep. um, Freaking um, Eagles for everything, (laughs) right? Uh, Anything. (laughs) Michael Jackson, yeah, like, yeah, massive. Yeah, Chris Brown, like, oh, pump up something, everything. When yeah. when Finney's the DJ, it's always it's a really good time. <laughs> uh, and last one, your favorite sport apart from rugby league? Oh, football. I love NFL. Ah, oh, yes, good NFL, one. Who's yeah. your team? I love watching it. Oh, LA Rams, man. Ram oh, City. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. We always talk about how we find it really difficult to kind of watch NFL or understand no, it. No, you do. Well, I do. I, can, I like NFL and I understand <laughs> it. Marley doesn't. I, I, I still don't understand. I just like watching the Rams play. Like, that's the only team I like watching. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's that's it. I don't watch any other inner, um, NFL teams. Just watch the Rams. That's oh, it. you're a loyal supporter. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, now we get into the more interesting, fun questions. Um, so this one I actually don't know a lot about, which I'm excited. Um, can you tell us a bit about your childhood? Where did you grow up? How did you get interested in footy? Oh, nice. Um, so I was born in um, South Auckland, New Zealand. I raised there most of my life. 
And um, yeah, it's so funny because people ask me how I started playing football. And um, to be honest, I didn't start playing football till I was um, 12, 13. Oh, wow. So um, I started off um, doing kickboxing and uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, cool. So from like seven to like 12, when I started playing football, like, all I did was kickboxing and BJJ. And uh, so um, I was only doing it because um, my dad and my uncles were security guards back in New Zealand. Yeah. So they would go into the gym and do some workouts and uh, and they would take me along. I was like a little kid at the time. So I, I ended up starting up with that. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't until I kind of got into um, intermediate, which was um, middle school in New Zealand. Yeah. And I was kind of like the, the lift, like I was kind of left out with like my mates because my mates were playing football and uh, I was the only one doing like another sport, but yeah, all of my mates in there were playing um, rugby league, uh, rugby union. And then it wasn't until like, I kind of went up to my dad and I asked him, oh, can I play rugby league? And he thought just gave me the, oh, you really want to do that? <laughs> He's like, you really want to play rugby league? And I was like, oh yeah, I want to play with my friends. So that's when I started playing rugby league wow. at the age of 12 and 13. Wow, good one. Yeah. And then can you tell us a bit about your journey to Australia? Like how did that decision come about? how did you get picked up? Yeah, um, so I got picked up from um, the New Zealand Nationals um, tournament for under 14. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I made the um, the, the New Zealand merit side and uh, I got picked up from Cronulla Sharks from there to come over to Sydney and um, yeah, be a part of the, the junior reps. How long had you started playing league before you got picked up in the national side? Oh, like a year or two. Oh my oh gosh. My yeah. Just cash. And, and was that just like, uh, was that a no-brainer, like you were going to come or was that like a big decision for you in the family? Oh, it was, yeah, it was a, it was a big decision yeah. because um, like I had my brother, he was living here okay. um, already. So um, yeah, it was a big decision because I was going to a, a high school in New Zealand, which was really good at rugby union. Yeah. And like um, me and my dad, we were just talking like in the car and we we're like, oh, if rugby league doesn't, um, if anything doesn't happen, if I don't get anything from rugby league, then you can um, go boarding at our Wesley College and play first of team, mm-hmm. which is um, basically, you know, the, any any goal, like any New Zealander growing up in um, New Zealand, especially in high school, you want to play first of team for your school. Yeah. And um, yeah, so me and my dad, like we had a kind of like an agreement, a contract saying that if I don't make it in rugby league, I'll, you know, go play first of team the following year. Yeah. And yeah, what's the guy I made it in? <laughs> Yeah, ended up going over to Australia. Yeah. Well, speaking of all the successes in your junior rep footy career, I did some stalking because we've obviously never spoken about this. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you won when you're playing Jersey Flag. Yeah. yeah? And then you also got Maddie's Cup Player of the Year at the Sharks. Yeah, at the Sharks, yeah. Wow. I achiever, man. Yeah. How was all that? Do you just... I don't know. Kept getting better. Yeah, um, especially like um, getting Hal Matthews um, of the year with the Sharks and the competition, like it was it was really good, you know. Especially um, just being so new to Sydney and that, and just the way that um, foot, football's played here in, in Australia than how it's played in New Zealand. Quite different. Yeah, it, it's it's quite different. Um, New Zealand, it's not really about moving the ball; it's about um, the biggest and the strongest runner. <laughs> yeah, and you know the hardest tackler, basically. But yeah, over here, like. To learn the um the way football is played here, it, it was really amazing, especially with good coaches. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It helped me develop my game. Yeah, cool. Do Do you like being in Australia? Did you like coming here? 
Yeah, I, I did I love the show. It was so different. Yeah. Um, different to New Zealand, different yeah. to the way I grew up. But yeah, yeah. Like, I love it here in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Um, now, a bit more into the serious stuff. So you were training with NRL at the end of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you received some really terrible news. Do you mind? Can yeah. you tell us about what happened? Yeah, so um, uh, before uh, the January preseason started, uh, I started to get some pretty bad headaches. And um, yeah, it, it started off as like little small headaches and then it just gradually just went into bigger and kind of uh, migraines, bad migraines. And um, I, I went into the first day of preseason at Sharks and um, I kind of spoke to the team doctor and I asked them, like, I've been getting some really bad headaches that are kind of making me um, just sleep and just be lazy and that. And he, he um, referred me to go to the hospital and um, get an MRI scan. So I went, um, obviously, from training to um, Liverpool Hospital, which is closer to um, my home. And, that, and like, um, went there with um, my, um, my Mrs. Mapana, um, Anisha, and... Um, yeah, just um, had to get some MRI scans and I waited for like about four hours there at Liverpool um, just to try and get some results. And it yeah, showed that I had a tumour on the back of my head, which is a uh, brain cancer. Yeah. Hearing that, how old were you at the time when you got that news? So I just turned 21. <laughs> Far out. Like, yeah. I think any time anyone of us hears the big C, you're terrified. Yeah. And to be facing such a challenge you know, right in the prime of your youth, right? Like, and you're killing yeah. it. What was the first thing that went through your mind? Oh, uh, probably the first thing that went into my mind was because um, when um, the nurse came in and said that there was a tumour, like we didn't really know at the time if it was like um, benign or like something that we could take out. But mm-hmm. um, I just saw, um, you know, my, um, my missus at the time, like, she was just looking at me with her eyes like bawling out but i just tried to be strong and just told her, like you know it's all like don't worry like you know we'll sort it out like everything will be fine and like yeah you, you just kind of have like a like i didn't really at the time just like i was really i wasn't really sad but i just had a strong mindset you know that, that i can get through it mm. are your yeah. family over here in australia at that time or everyone's yeah. still back in nz so everyone's over here now yeah everyone's over here now and so, yeah. for your club doctor to recommend an MRI so immediately, did yeah. you think that it was that bad? Like, was it going into that conversation with him, did you think that something wasn't right? Or were you just like, no, it's headaches? Like, like I, I didn't think there was something that bad, but, like, um, I was, like, telling them I get random headaches anyways. Like, you know, I don't know if this was normal or not. Like, I just took Panadol and see if it will go away. But, like, with these headaches, it was a bit weird because it happened every day. Mm. And, like, yeah, so I, I had to kind of get, like, you know, the doctor's opinion where what I needed to do. Because, you know, like, Panadol and that wasn't working. So, yeah. yeah. What was the treatment process after um, finding out about the tumour? Yeah, so um, after I found out about the, the tumour and that, um, obviously got the, some test results and that I'm um, sent to America. to um actually figure out what kind of cancer it was and then um when it got back to um the hospital i already moved from liverpool hospital to westmead hospital to do my um my treatment and that and it showed that i had um, a cancer called um so it's a weird name it's called sonic the hedgehog medulla blastoma wow 
Yeah. <laughs> so like I was like wondering in my head like, so is that actually what it's called it's like yeah it's called sonic the hedgehog medulloblastoma it's oh not gosh. is it that's it's yeah. medical term that's the medical I mean, term you yeah. take the small wins yes <laughs> so I was Literally. thinking in my head I was just like in my head oh, why, why, why is the name sonic the hedgehog is it oh because it's it's found in kids ah yeah so it the the cancer that I had it's 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 found in kids and it's really found in adults. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So it was a bit weird. It was yeah. funny at the time, but I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. You sounded as well like your mindset went immediately to protecting your partner and your family and you staying strong for them. How yeah. do you take that on so quickly when ultimately you're at the center of this? Oh, like it was. Uh, I never want to see, you know, my family kind of like sulk over me. Like, I'm the youngest. So, You're you my know. baby. Feels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> so I'm the youngest. I, don't, I, didn't, I never want my like older siblings and my, my, my parents to just worry about me too much. But yeah, I just kind of had to, you know, just kind of put a smile on my face and just be like, it's all right. We can get through this. Yeah. Like, you know, step by step. And then was it 10 months of treatment and stuff? Was it about a year? Yeah. So it was about, yeah, a year. Okay. Oh, treatment. So I started off with um, six weeks of um, radi- radiation. Yep. And then after six weeks, I um, had like a little break. Had, they gave me a two-month break and then I started my chemo. Wow. And that went on for like a while. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. until like the end of the year. And then you, um, in the end, you got some good news, right? Yeah, so I got some good news. Uh, after my, my last chemo session, I had an MRI scan and the MRI scan showed um, everything all clear. <sighs> Which is like that's how, yes. what, how, what was that day like? What was that day like for you, your partner, your family? Oh, like I literally just sat there with my dad and we just started crying. Oh, like, that's yeah, the best. Like, yeah, it was, it was a good feeling, but um, I'm still in treatment at the moment. With um, they put me on the medication. Yeah. So I, um, it's good though that you guys wanted me to be on the podcast now because I'm actually coming to the end of that medication. Oh, oh awesome! That's unreal. So yeah. when when is that supposed? To, when are you supposed to come off that? Um, the end of this month, actually. Okay, Beautiful. cool. And then do, will there just be like regular checkups and stuff? Yeah, so I have my last MRI scans at the end of the month and then have a have a talk with my doctors to see what's what's next. That's unreal. How exciting. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I remember, you know, through last year, because you were part of the, sh- the shark system, that a lot of um, your story was kind of, I guess, promoted by... Yeah. Some of the players and the club did a yeah. did a good job of telling your story, and that's kind of how I first heard of you. And when Keely was talking about you, I kind of remembered some of that stuff. What was it like, you know, their support or or to I guess also have a really personal struggle be a public kind of story as well? Because yeah. I think that that would be a, a a weird thing to navigate. Yeah. No. Um. Oh, like I could never stop thinking the sharks and the players. You know, it's a big thing, especially um, all the, the GoFundMe pages and all the donations from um, just not even the, the Sharks um, player club, but the community too. Like, I know a lot of people from um, the, the Cronulla community was messaging me, like, you know, um, just messaging me, like, telling me, you know, they're praying for me and that. Like, it all, like, just made it so much easier for me going through my um, treatment. And especially, like, just me, because of, of last year with the pandemic and that, um, I was basically in hospital by myself a lot, yeah. and like you know, just a, a, you know, just check up from people, and that made it a lot easier for me, you know, going through. Um, obviously, being alone in hospital, 
um, without my parents allowed to see me, without my um, obviously my girlfriend not allowed to see me, and that, and like yeah, just it, it was a lot. Like, and I and it meant a lot to especially like you know a lot of um, the communities and the rugby league community coming out and just you know helping out any way that they could for me, and I um, made it a lot easier for my family too. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's so nice. Um, well, speaking of Cronulla Sharks, you're now part of the staff uh, yeah. with the junior rep teams this year. Um, how did this actually come about? When did this conversation come up? I don't think I've asked you this. Um, so um, the Sharks invited me to a, to a training session. I think it was like last year. And like I just finished my um, my treatment in that. So it was like last year. And I, and I came to um, you know the Sharks in there. And I met up with the first grade boys in there. And then um, Glenn Braley, um, which is, you know, the the coach for Brails. The, yeah, Brails, the recruiter for the Kona Sharks. He asked me, he's like, what are you doing now? And I'm like, oh, no, nothing. I'm just trying to get better. And then he goes, why don't you come out and coach? I was like, mm. oh, okay, sweet. Is, <laughs> and he goes, yeah, come come down, come and help wherever you can. So I was like, yeah, all good. Was it something that you were just like, yep, yeah, 100%, I'm going to do it? Or is it something that you were kind of like, oh, do I want to kind of see the footy world and be reminded of this, you know, horrible thing that's happened? No, nah, uh, I took it like straight away. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of, like, I always tell people like they, they always ask me like, oh, how's the coaching going? Like if I didn't do all this coaching that I didn't think um, like, it was kind of like saving me, yeah. which was like, you know, me being at home by myself, just like, you know, trying to recover, but like me getting out of home, coming to coach and they're like, you know, still being involved in rugby league. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah so coaching's your new calling then. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully I'm good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any hopes or desires to get back to playing one day when you're fully oh, better? A lot of people have asked me that. Yeah, it's a hard that, question. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people have asked. It's a hard question. Like, I, I miss, you know, obviously playing. I miss putting on the boots on and just running on the field. But um, I love being a coach and um, I just want to get healthy and just yeah. live as long as I can. Yeah, far out. Yeah. It's so true, hey, like I can't imagine what it feels like to essentially, you know, face your own mortality in, in that way and, and to be so young. How do you think it's changed you in the way that you live every day? Yeah, um, obviously going through kind of a life and death experience, mm. um, like I just don't regret a lot of things now and I make time for people. You know, especially like um, my friends and um, my family and that, like any time that I can get with them, I'll gladly spend time with them. Uh, like any time my mates and they say, oh, let's go get the or something like that, like I'll be open to doing that. Like, you know, there was a time where, you know, it kind of got really dire for me. Um, I was um, breathing off the machines and that. And um, my my brother called Ronaldo when he was at Perth and they're saying, oh, um, it might be the last time, you know, you maybe just call or something like that. Far out. And um, yeah, so since then, like now, just I'm just trying to enjoy every little thing about life oh. and just, you know, enjoy watching football. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, do you think as well, like, obviously what you went through is a, a whole different level to what the rest of us have experienced over the past two years, but compounding that element of it with the isolation you talked about being in hospital by yourself for so long and just you know the world being such an unsettled place for the far past 18 or so months does that change things as well you know I I imagine it does but the idea of just the unknown yeah 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 basically the unknown like um yeah just not knowing if like you know obviously like getting through this 
disease and just the unknowing of seeing family like obviously i have family in new zealand and i have family in brisbane and they're like it was just you know not like not even like a lot of family couldn't come and see me and they're wanting to but yeah with the pandemic going on just made it harder but lucky because of technology with facetime and that made yeah. a lot of things easier but yeah absolutely um okay well i have a little story time um I hope you don't mind me telling this story, but it's a really nice one and it really, what's the right word? Resonated. Yeah, just, yeah, hit a special spot in my heart. So as we've said, and for the listeners, Fina and I were both staff um, for the Cronulla Sharks this year, but uh, mainly working together because I was with the under-19 Tasha Gale girls. Um, And the girls had their last game, they lost their quarterfinal. And we're all, you know, everyone's pretty down in the change rooms. Um, some were leaving because they're too old. Everyone was saying their goodbyes. And I remember Finney jumped in um, to say a speech. And I distinctly remember something along the lines of, you know, like at the end of the day, girls, like it's just a football game and you still have each other and you have your teammates. Um, and it's fair to say everyone was in tears. And that yeah. made me really proud to just have met you this year and just to be really like really grateful to be in your presence. Um, so thank you for that because you're a wonderful person. Um, and I know all the girls love you and I know that the boys do as well. All the young kids, they really love you and they really appreciate your knowledge and um, obviously your life experience as well. Um, is that one of the lessons you want to share with the younger generations to come? Like, um, yeah. you know, just at the end of the day, life's too short kind of thing? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like obviously like, you know, rugby league is just a short part of your life, you know, there's only like up until a certain age where you're going to retire and not play football anymore. And you, you know, you have all this, you know, amount of life left in you. So, you know, even if it's a, a loss or a win, you know, there's, there's much more than rugby league, you know, spending time with family, spending time with your loved ones, you know, more important. Is that a mindset you had before this? I'm sure like rugby league was obviously a big part oh. of your life. You played it professionally. Was that something that you had a vision of before the past 18 months? Uh, when I was, you know, obviously training and that, like all I was worried about was like rugby league, yeah. you know, training and, um, you know, trying to get fit, trying to play my best footy and that. But obviously going through what um, I went through, I, I like when I had to hang up the boots and tell everyone that I'm not going to be playing football again, it kind of was like a weight lifted off my shoulder saying, you know, I got to get better. You know, rugby league is not, um, not important to me right now. It's all about getting healthy and um, being, you know, alive for, you know, the next few years. I think your honesty about, you know, that focus and it having been this life and death thing is is really vulnerable and brave and, and open sharing this in this way and I think this is probably is this wouldn't be the first time you've been on a podcast talking about this sort of stuff no yeah Yeah. (laughs) so you know you do that quite openly as well is this a conscious thing that you want to share with people and have that be part of your journey moving forward yeah of course like uh, especially like you know kids or anyone that's um, listening like obviously if you're a professional athlete and they're like do it the best of your ability um, as long as you can, because obviously after, you know, a certain age, you're going to retire and live out your long life. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, just if you're really dedicated to the sport, like do it, like yeah. train hard, play hard. And uh, but like, you know, obviously in my situation, you know, it's all about, you know, being there for the long, long time and just yeah. being around family and that. 
on that like Marley said, you've made the decision to share this publicly and to continue talking about it now that you are sort of heading towards recovery. Yeah. Was that ever a conscious decision? Because like you said at the start, the rugby league community really rallied around you and that's amazing. But at the same time, I don't know anyone who wouldn't have understood if then after that initial announcement, you kind of just wanted to close the doors and deal with this yeah. personally. Um, yeah. Like, was that something that you thought about, that this story could have an impact and it was like a conscious decision to keep it public? Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, like after hanging up the boots in there, like telling my mates in there that, you know, that's that's it. You know, they, they, they fully understood they're on my side. Like, it's all about getting better and just, you know, just being healthy. Like now I'm at the gym just trying to get healthy again, just moving a lot. And uh, so, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. You're the best. <laughs> Every time we've like it's ever come up, I'm always get emotional. Um, so then, what does the future hold? Obviously, you're gonna keep keep pushing forward. You're gonna stay healthy. Um, yeah. I, what's the plan? Do we have coaching ambitions for other teams? You're gonna plan on sticking with the juniors, or are you doing yeah. other things with your life? Oh, I'm I'm helping out at um, Devil Sports High School. Oh, with awesome. So every Thursday with the year seven and eight, yep, which is good. And I'm um, obviously doing the coaching with the the sharks and yep. that. And um, yeah, just um, well, I've, I've spoken to my doctors and that it's a five year recovery plan with um, you know, someone being diagnosed with cancer. So like okay. um, I'm just trotting along, just yep. you know, doing things that I can do. Like obviously um, being there for the sharks and that being there for like even my my little cousins and that like they're all in the junior reps now. Oh. So they're all, they're all coming up and, you know, some of them are with, you know, other teams like Parramatta, Bulldogs yeah. and that. So, yeah, like I'm like helping them out too. And they're just helping out um, my family with, um, you know, kids that want to play rugby league. And, yeah, just that's that's all I'm doing now. Should, def- should definitely have a like Fine mentoring program yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Start this up. <laughs> Like it's a pretty unconventional way to discover something that you're clearly so passionate about and clearly so good at. Yeah. So it's awesome. Um, Thank you. The last kind of question that I wanted to ask was considering this massive two years that you've had now. Yeah. Thinking back to that 12-year-old Fine who just wanted to start playing footy um, yeah. because his mates were and then next thing you know you're living in another country and everything that's happened to this point. What do you think yeah. if you could speak to that younger version of yourself he he would say about you know where you're at now and and the person that you've become? Oh. She always asks the big questions. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually hard. Um if I could tell my younger self, sorry, can you repeat that again? <laughs> That's a lot to take in. Yeah, well, I, I just wonder what you know your younger self would might think. Can only imagine he'd be proud him. of you. Yeah, what you might tell him. Oh, I don't know if he'll be proud of me. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think um, <laughs> if I could tell my younger self, I'd probably be like, um, stop eating fat food. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, train hard <laughs> um, be prepared for the worst I yeah. get yeah. yeah but yeah I, I, I wouldn't have no clue yeah well <laughs> like, I, I imagine that he would probably be pretty impressed in, in how you've come through this and the strength yeah. that you have and I think also the the impact you have on other people like f- for me I, I can just see how highly Keely speaks of you and 
what an impact your perspective has had. So, so thank you for being that and thank you for sharing with us. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, I couldn't be more grateful, like I said. Yeah, I think you're a wonderful person and I, I hope we stay friends for a long time. <laughs> you're stuck with me, Kiwi. I'm not yes, going anywhere. Yes, come on. <laughs> no, thank you for having me, guys. No, thank you. Awesome. We really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of Chicks and Balls, the podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you really liked it. And come on, who didn't really love hearing from Finney like that? 100%. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button. And you can find us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod, on TikTok at Chicks and Balls Pod, and on Twitter at Chicks and Balls. No pod. And other than that, we will catch you next time. Bye. See ya.